Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. I, I say this a lot, that I'm always excited for the guests, but I, I truly believe that this is one of the best players in the country, and I'm really glad we got him. So he's already a two-time national champion. He's got one silver, meaning he's played in the finals of eSports every year he's played. He's been the championship MVP, and already he's competed on our junior national team, our B team, and even our senior A team. So please welcome to the show, Eric Lepke. Eric, thanks for doing this. Thanks, Josh. Uh, so I, I guess my first question is, how does a kid from small town Manitoba grow up to be so dominant in volleyball? What was what was your intake into our sport? Um, I grew up in a little bit of a volleyball family. Uh, my dad and my mom both played, and there was a pretty good uh, beach kind of beach league when I was really young that my dad played in at Grand Beach, um, and I would just come out every weekend with my dad in the early mornings to Lake Winnipeg and I'd hang around with all the guys and Pepper and just kind of fell in love with it from a pretty young age and my dad was also a coach um, for club teams and I would just go hang out at his practices ever since I was, yeah, ever since I can remember and then slowly just kind of started getting into drills and stuff and yeah. And what do you remember about your recruiting process? Because obviously you would have got a lot of attention with uh, all your high school and club accomplishments. Excuse me. What made you pick Trinity? Um, it was actually kind of an interesting recruiting process because I uh, I used to set in high school. And I remember in grade 11 that Garth Pischke from University of Manitoba, he was wanting me to commit as a setter in grade 11 and I was like it was kind of like my first like pressure to commit to a school I spoke with Ben Joe and Terry Danilek previously at nationals um my grade 10 year but I was getting some pressure from Garth to commit and I was like oh man like he's a legend it'd be so I'd be so honored to play for Garth and I messaged Ben Joe on Twitter to see if he was still interested in me and then he was like oh yeah like we didn't know you were getting pressure to commit. Um, we'll fly you out, like maybe like take your time a bit on the committing process. And that was, uh, flew me out to Trinity and I just loved it. And I think I knew right away that's where I wanted to go. And then I really took a step back and I waited till the fall of grade 12 to sign. But that's kind of how the story goes. Nice, nice. Now we love some name dropping on our show. Can you just mention some of the vets? I believe Schreimer was still there at Trinity. Who else would have been there to kind of show you the ropes and the culture of what everything Trinity's doing? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, Nick Del Bianco was in his fifth year. Um, he was tearing up the league. Uh, Ryan Slater, Blake Shearhorn, Adam was setting. There's TK, uh, Danny Grant, uh, Brandon Schmidt, all those guys. Um, I thought, yeah, I just looked up to those guys. They're unreal. Carter Bergen was also on that team, and I got to actually, I stayed with him on my recruiting trip, and I knew him because he was a Manitoba boy. Um, and yeah, I, those are some big influences of why I wanted to go there. I looked up to Adam ever since I was like 14. He was tall, setter with long hair, and I actually grew up my hair because I wanted to be like Adam. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are those are some pretty big influencers to why I went to Trinity, and they made me feel welcome. Like, and yeah, it was pretty cool. 
Now, did you expect to start as soon as you walked in the door, or did you have any expectations for your first year? No, I when I signed, I wasn't expecting to start. Like, I knew the team was pretty, pretty stacked already, and I just was my mindset going in was that I was just gonna like try to obviously push for a spot and do my best. But I think that kind of ties into the reason why I went there. Like, I didn't go there to just play I went there to like get better and I thought that was the best place for me to get better and I guess fortunately by the end of the year I was playing so that was a pretty huge blessing but um yeah no I I didn't expect to start when I signed that wasn't like my mindset or anything so now that you're in fourth year and the team's been competitive well as long as you've been there but even like years before that what do you think um, Trinity's doing so well? Because when we had Adam Scheimer on the show, he says it's not a big secret. Like, Ben Joe's just big on responsibility, uh, accountability, and dependability, I think is what Adam said. Um, is that really the, the secret, that you guys keep it simple and everybody just comes to practice ready to work? Or what stands out in your mind that the team's been at the top of youth sports every year you've been there? Yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, there's no, like, secret formula to anything I think it's just a combination of a lot of things um, I think the guys Benjo recruits are awesome and obviously he recruits talented athletes but he also recruits character guys and I think the culture is pretty special um, and I think having a good culture and us all being best friends makes it a lot easier for the training environment to be productive um, so I think everything kind of like works off of each other in its own unique way. And the way that Benjo has like set up our training and our practices and just everything we do to like the way we travel and hang out on the road, I think it all works out in our favor. And that's one of the big reasons why we are successful. Nice. And it looks like you've got quite the road trip coming up. You guys will play the Can-Am uh, Showcase here in Toronto, but you're also going to stick around Ontario and play uh, McMaster and Brock. Um, yeah. What's that like uh, leading into second semester? It looks like you guys are, are going to be quite busy uh, coming off a big first semester, but then leading into another one of a tough second semester for Can-West. Yeah, I think we're all super excited. Um, the, like Playoff time is the best time of the year. It's like crunch time, and I think... We're all looking forward just to get back to those kind of big games. And this Canon thing is a really cool opportunity for us to play some really good teams and um, test ourselves and, yeah, just really work together because Benjo is also not going to be there. So I think it's going to be a huge uh, test for us to see how we can, what we can really do with just each other and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Now, have you guys formally met to discuss what the the plan is, like who's going to take first chair and how the team's going to respond, or is it just as simple as knowing that he's not there, but do you have a culture in place that's going to take over? Yeah, I think some of the older guys on the team will obviously like kind of take the reins of the on-court presence and leadership, which is usually, even when Benjo's there, I think that's pretty like standard. That's how it goes. But as far as like assistant coaches stepping up, we all want Adam to sit on the head coach chair just because he's first year and I like calling him coach, but he doesn't like it when I call him coach. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm hoping Adam Schreimer will take uh, the head coach position for the weekend. Nice. But, and uh, 
is is the key to adding McMaster and Brock to your schedule? Is that really looking ahead to Nationals prep, or why do you think the team would agree to kind of add some extra load? Or is it is it just exciting to play new people, and you're already in Ontario, and and might as well just add to it? Yeah, like we're already out there, and we got time, so I think it was just a uh, a good uh, opportunity to get some more touches in and get a little bit of uh, taste of the Eastern teams, which this year we haven't really had too much of that. Um, in my first two years, we used to go out um, and do this thing called the Eastern Coast Tour, where we would just like go out for a week and a half to two weeks and just like play, 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 like play so many Eastern teams. Um, and we Just because of preseason this year, Benjo's at the national team, we had a lot of guys coming in late. We never really did too much preseason games playing Eastern teams, so I think it's just another good chance for us to um, get some games against a really good team McMaster and Brock will be sweet too so yeah I just think it's another way to get in some more touches nice and just to get into your kind of playing style anyone who's watched Trinity knows that you really like to go forward from the service line uh has that kind of been influenced by Ben Joe or when did you kind of know that you could really help your team and kind of stay aggressive with with the way you play and the way you serve are you talking like me personally or is like a team uh let's go you first and then if you want to share the team philosophy I think that'd be great too Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ben Joe's like kind of had influence on me with that, like going for it from the service line. But he's also like we work on it a lot, like how well this is more of a team thing, where how like how efficient can you serve with like a high percentage? So like, can you hit your your nine out of ten serve like? 80% of the time in and that's something we really struggle with um, and it's something really hard to do so um, I think there's a lot of tactics and different drills and mindset things we do to try to, to master that but it's a challenge in some games we're going to really rack up the misses and other games we're not um, so I think as a team especially the first semester that's something that we've been really working on and I don't know if you watched our game against Calgary but we we float served the whole game, like everyone float served. Um, just, just really put a like a put some pressure on our block defense and see how that can. Um, like we want that to be our strongest part of our game. So there's Benjos as a really cool way of making us try to push ourselves with different tactics of our game and serving. Um, the last couple of years, I think, has been kind of pretty prevalent in the U Sports League. Yeah, definitely. And you just mentioned uh, your blocking. Obviously, Trinity's been pretty famous for being a very good bunch blocking team. If, if you wouldn't mind, if it's not too top secret, how often do you guys work on that in practice? And what are the keys for Benjo to be a good blocking team? Like, is it just a lot of key reading? Obviously, your tough serving gets the setter off the net, which might mean it's, it's going to the pins a little bit more obvious. But um, how often are you guys hammering this out? Because it just seems like that's that's almost become a brand of Trinity that you know you're going to get a good blocking team no matter who the who the players on the court are. Yeah, we, we work on it quite a bit. We work on, like, our, uh, our timing, our reading. We do this drill called block defense drill where the whole purpose of the drill is just to put the team in a good position but then really just challenge ourselves to make positive movements at the net um, with touches and slowdowns and, and just working with our eyes, where our eyes are supposed to be, how we're supposed to read the setter and the, 
the hitters. And yeah, I say Ben Joe is a great teacher um, with block defense, and we have guys who really work on it and focus. So yeah, it's pretty prevalent in our gym. Now, is that probably the biggest thing that Ben Joe's added to your game, or what have you probably learned the most since kind of entering the program as you progress? Oh man, I feel like I've learned like every skill. I feel like I've just kind of thrown it out and started from scratch. As like <laughs> thinking back to my first year, um, yeah, I only wish I knew as much as I did now. But I'd say from the biggest thing I learned through the years was a lot of my like footwork and how important footwork is. Um, and Benjo has like different steps and footworks that he believes are like most efficient for our athletes. And the tough part is about young guys on the team is you come in and you're probably pretty good on your club team or high school team, but then you're not the best player in the gym anymore. And then on top of that, Benjo wants you to do your skills that you're good at maybe a little differently than you've always done them. So, yeah, like my footwork, I think, was so bad coming into my first year. I used to do like a, a two-step spin serve, and my left side, like I would just approach like straight down the line. There's, there's a bunch of stuff Benjo fixed for me, so I owe that guy a lot. <laughs> Nice. And, and with your own development and even the team system, how much is outcome talked about? Like, do you guys have a goal that you, you say you want to win Can West and win U Sports every year? Or is Benjo a big process guy where you just come to practice every day and, and kind of try to win that day? Uh, I think it's a bit of both. I think we start from the end goal. And the end goal, obviously, is to, to win another championship. But I don't think we just we don't just like make that goal and then just like go practice and train. We like we work backwards and we it's kind of like a a ladder essentially. Um, we gotta like okay, let's like win each weekend, like win the first semester, win second semester, and then each playoff is like its own kind of stepping stone. But then it also breaks down to like every day of training and um, it works backwards in itself. I think to make it attainable, one of the the mantras we use that Benjo talks about a lot is the 20 mile march. So there's a story goes, there's two, uh, two explorers They're They're trying to get to like they're exploring the Arctic circle and it's a certain amount of miles and there's two crews. They're racing to get there first. And one crew decides to just on the good days, They'll march as far as they can, and when it's snowing and storming, then they'll bunker down and they'll only do a couple miles. But the other group, no matter the weather, the how they're feeling, um, any circumstances, they're going to put in 20 miles every day. And that group ended up winning and surviving, and everyone else in the other group actually uh, didn't make it. So the point of that is we just try to every day come in and put get our 20 miles in if we can get our 20 miles in every day, then we believe that by the end we're going to be in a really good spot to hopefully win. So that's kind of our outlook, I think, on the season in general, if that helps. No, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I hope Benjo doesn't mind us uh, looking behind the curtain here as much as we have in the last few weeks with you, uh, Adam, and and Derek coming on the show. (laughs) No, I don't think I'll mind. 
Uh, one more question for you just about Trinity. Um, as an Ontario-based person, we're kind of fascinated sometimes by the Canwest schedule where we play maybe a team in the fall and we play them again in the winter semester where you guys will play back-to-back. So with how prepared uh, Benjo and the rest of the coaching staff are, what are some little adjustments you guys look for when you're playing teams in those back-to-back situations? Because it's got to yeah. be tough beating a team like Brandon twice in a row or even just playing a team like that twice in a row, right? So what do you what do you guys like to do on, on day two to kind of make sure you're adjusting? For sure. I think day one is just always kind of everyone comes to play and um, the game's super exciting because you've kind of been planning for them all week. But day two is super interesting because you recover after day one, go and get some sleep, and then you're in the gym the next morning doing video game plan and um, serving pass to try to see, to try to like anticipate what they're going to do tonight. Like how are they going to adjust to us, but also what are some areas that we thought we need to improve on and fix. So I think, yeah, our coaches work really hard with that. Benjo always comes the next morning with like a video package and uh, game plan adjustments. So yeah, our, I think a lot of the players, too, will take a look on volumetrics or something and check out some things, and we'll talk about it. Um, it's a pretty, I think, team effort, but our coaches definitely um, put in a lot of work to to get that going and help us out. Now, do you think that method helps you guys prepare for nationals, where you, you guys have kind of earned the reputation where, as the match progresses, Benjo or, or the other coaches are making adjustments where... It looks like even teams you haven't seen, you're making quick cues and quick adjustments as the match goes. For sure. I think we have a lot of eyes um, that are on stuff. Um, Adam and Ben Ball are often communicating with the setters um, for different tactical stuff. Both those guys are unreal and know a lot about the position and volleyball in general. So I think they're a huge help. And we also got Joel and Ben um, giving us feedback or any input that we need. Um, and also I think our bench is also awesome with that. Like we like want the guys to, to give us feedback. Like, Hey man, like six is sliding on you this way. Maybe spike a little more line seam or go cross seam or just little pointers like that. I think is so huge. And, um, you kind of pick up any info you can, but yeah, there's a lot of in-game adjustments for sure, especially in between sets when you have a little bit more time to talk about things but yeah it definitely is something we do a lot nice nice now just to shift gears to your national team career do you remember your first national team tryout because uh every guest we've had on just talks about how how different the feel is because obviously like glenn the head coach is usually around even if it's a youth event but there's lionel and an army of statisticians just ready with clipboards and sometimes like data volley to kind of chart everything so it's just kind of a different mood in the gym and you know it's serious do you remember uh, how old you were in the first time you had a, a vc tryout yeah i i tried out for junior team at the end of my grade 12 year so yeah it was in beginning of June it was the first summer of the two-year cycle and I decided I want to try out never played any team Canada or provincial team up until that so I was super nervous um it just kind of like you just feel like oh man this is it like team Canada this is like where it all begins and you're super nervous and I like uh, I remember I don't think I prepared very well for the tryout like I didn't have anywhere to really 
I wasn't into working out really yet, and I just kind of finished my club season and was playing some beach and then went and tried out for the junior team, and I remember being so sore for, like, the <laughs> whole tryouts because I just had no concept of getting my body ready for, like, a big load like that over three, four days. Um, but, yeah, it was scary. I remember Glenn, like, I was just doing a trail, and I, I think I it was like a free ball, and I passed it a little bit off the net, and then he came and just was like, hey, man, like, that's got to be perfect. Like, we need that to be perfect. And then he just kind of walked away, and I was like, well, that was Glenn Hoke. He was talking to me. Um, but, yeah, it's crazy how, like, looking back now at something like that, it's like you wish you could tell yourself to just relax, man. It's going to be fine. Just play your game and have fun, and the coaches will notice you or not. So it's just how it goes. Nice. And do you remember your first event when you actually got to suit up and play for us? Yeah. Yeah, it was that summer. There was a, a Norseca championship to qualify for the world championships. It was in Gatineau that summer. So we just kind of trained up until that point. And, yeah, it's wearing uh, your country's jersey and hearing the national anthem for the first time, I think, is always really special. And yeah, I'll always remember that with those group of guys too. Now you've quickly progressed from the junior national team to the B team and even got to be with the A team. Obviously, it must be comfortable having some Trinity guys around, but has there been anyone else who's kind of been a role model or mentored you through the process? Yeah, um, lots of guys actually. Uh, I remember I remember my first time training with the A team and... Um, the guys were super encouraging, but they were also like encouraging in like a motivate, motivative way. Like, I remember guys like Jay Blankenau, um, and Blair Ban, um, and Vigrass. They were kind of like, I remember one specific play, like I missed, it was kind of like a dig, an easy dig, and it wasn't like great quality and they're like, come on come on laps like you got that like it's gotta be perfect we know you can get that um and they just kind of like really want you to do well because they care about the program which i think i noticed that was a little bit a different switch from being with the junior team and the b team whereas everyone's still trying to like prove themselves to be an a team guy whereas the a team guys already know that like they're studs and they just want their team to be the best they can and the next guy's coming up so they're trying to like give feedback and hold each other accountable um and to really try to help you out because they know that helps the group collectively out so yeah steve Mars has also been a great guy to talk to me and him still chat a lot about stuff and um i like asking him a lot of questions but yeah, i can name a lot of guys but everyone's been super sweet and uh yeah, just encouraging, and they really want you to succeed, so it's been really nice. So with you making the A-team, was that a goal you had set aside? Like, did it happen earlier than you thought? Do you remember when you got the call to kind of join the, the senior A-team? Yeah, I was, like, pretty shocked. It was after my second year, I was, like, kind of contemplating, like, if I should even try out for the B-team. I was like, uh, like, some guys have like taken the summer off before and it could be good for my body. 
maybe I'll just work a summer and play some beach. But I like ended up signing up for the tryout. And then a couple weeks before the tryout, I got an email from Antigua that I was on the like the World League roster. Um, and I was that was like super shocking to me that I was on the extended roster. I was like, no way! Like I like wow, this is amazing. So I actually ended up flying out earlier than the tryout, training with those guys for a couple weeks before Nations League, and then. I kind of I participated maybe one day in a tryout I think for the B team, but I kind of I didn't make I was on the Nations League roster the twenty one man roster but I didn't travel I was possibly going to go to China I got my visa and stuff but I didn't end up going and then I moved down with the B team for the rest of the summer and then at the end of that summer there's a couple injuries Riley Barnes broke his ankle and Mar had some knee issues. So then I got to go up with the A-team and travel with them to Poland and Slovenia. And that was like a huge um, experience for me. I felt like all summer with the B-team, I was just like grinding and grinding and grinding. And I didn't know like how much I was improving. It was super hard to tell, super exhausting, training like double days, five days a week. But then when I went up with the A-team, I felt like things just started to click a bit more. I'm like, okay, like, like you're just in the zone because everyone there is better than you and you're just trying to, like, perform and prove yourself. So I think that was a huge, a really lucky transition that I got to experience where I got to use kind of my B-team grind for most of the summer and then kind of see, like, what I learned and really put it out there at the end of the summer with the A-team. Yeah, so I think that was pretty special. Nice, nice. Definitely an impressive story. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about is, did uh, anything Antigua do stand out in your mind? Uh, when we had TJ on the show, he mentioned, like, Glenn gets a lot of credit, and it is well-deserved, but he mentioned that Antigua did a lot for the program, and even for TJ's development about how to be creative and more competitive in certain situations. Um, with your kind of limited time with him, was anything stand out to what he brought to the program? Yeah, I think he just really showed me what it was like to be like a professional outside um, and what I needed to do to like take that to the next level. And he was, he's very, like, he's kind of a perfectionist, but he's also like, I think he's just a huge believer in, in competing and like working at your craft. And I really took away from him, like, just how important like the little things are with touches. Um, he worked a lot with me on my reception. I think that's one of the biggest gaps going from U sports to international is serve receive, but just the serves are so much stronger. And to be like the left side in any top league, you need to be able to receive at a, like a pretty efficient level. And I remember him telling me, he's like, before when I was going back to school, he's like, for you to be like, if you want to be here and you to be good, like you need to be like a better receiver than even the liberos. Like you just like you have to be an amazing receiver. And that was, and he kind of really, I think, tried to input and implement that with me. And I've always like remembered a bunch of his cues, and he had, he had a pretty thick accent, but you know, always say like strong fingers. Um, 
with receiving and floats and um yeah he was just super cool to see like like glenn's a legend and he i really like glenn but he, antigo is more of like a young guy and like he only stopped playing not too long ago so um and he was also left side so i really tried to learn as much as i could from him but no he was super influential nice thanks for thanks for sharing that um so with you playing at such a high level in the summers um, other than what you just shared about Antigua, is there anything else you've been able to take back to Trinity and not only help yourself but help the squad, seeing that you've been at the highest level? Yeah, I think I think there's like obviously on Trinity, there's guys who, who know what it's like. Like Derek's got some of that before experience, and Jackson Pierce have been with the B team, and Kern's played the junior team, and a couple other guys have played junior team and FTC. So. I think a lot of the guys know like the difference of pro and college, um, but it's also super sweet in our gym to have a lot of guys um, who want to be at that level and like to practice against those guys. Like, I know, like me spiking against Pierce and Jackson in training is like the best thing for me as a college player. So I think um, the biggest thing I would say that maybe is. Um, we've tried to bring back to our team is like how can we be accountable with each other but not like like don't be a dick like um, <laughs> essentially but I think yeah guys just, just um, trying to be like okay like how can I how can I help these like first and second years um, and like and like bring back I try to like say some of the things some of those old guys say to me like like come on man like I know you can get that perfect. Like that's got to be perfect. Like you can, you can do that. Like just really push that extra focus, um, stuff like that. And I think with the older guys too, whenever we feel that maybe practice is slipping a bit, we're totally comfortable talking to each other. Like I can be like, "Hey, Derek, like, like really try to get your side going." Or he can say the same thing to me or Kern or Pierce. Or I think it's a pretty uh, collective effort with that sort of thing. Nice, nice. And one thing I did want to ask you, and I mean, if, if Passing Dimes is ever going to be taken serious as a show, we got to ask the tough questions. So I'd like to, to actually end the rumor and hear it from you directly. Um, have you had the opportunity to go pro or hire an agent? And if so, what's uh, made you stick back and stick with Trinity and U Sports? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have. Um, after my, my summer going into my third year, so that first summer, that summer I got to play a bit with the A-team, with Antigua and stuff. Um, that was actually the summer where I really considered and I almost left to uh, to go play pro. Um, the reason was, um, I was like, a couple other guys were leaving like that year. Finn McCarthy also left. And like Shawan, who's my age, is also, like, was also just finished his first year. Um, and I was kind of like, man, like, I feel like I got so much better playing with the 18 guys. Like if there's like any shot at me, like making it like, maybe I should just go, like maybe I should leave now. And I've only done two years of school. Like maybe I'll, maybe I'll just leave. Um, and I actually got an agent and everything. And there was a contract that I was looking at in Italy um, and I talked to Benjo about it quite a bit 
and my family and stuff. But I just never, I just, I just didn't feel like right leaving yet. I think I felt, I think I could have played physically. I don't know if I was mentally ready to go. And honestly, I don't know if I was physically ready yet. My knees weren't great. And I decided that um, I wanted to get a degree. I'm in education. And I really just tried to think of the big picture and that I think I'd really value a, a degree when I'm older. So after my third, like going back to my third year, I just figured, like, okay, I've done three years of school. I'm almost done. Why would I, like, put in three years and then not finish one more year um, to get my degree? But I would say, like, the most stress I had about it was going into my third year, actually, um, because I was also learning a lot and I was asking a lot of questions. And then after my third year this past summer, I felt like I had a lot more knowledge about everything. And I kind of had already made up my mind what I wanted to do. But, um, yeah, I guess whatever rumors were out there, some were true, but not all of them were true. Nice. Well, I think you're, you make youth sports very entertaining and obviously helps Canadians kind of have somebody to look up to. But, yeah, I think everybody knows you're, you're skilled enough, so it's kind of interesting to hear why, why you're still here when you're right. There are people in your generation like Finn and Shawan who have chosen to, to kind of start early. So it is neat to hear right from your perspective why, why you're still competing in youth sports. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Now, with uh, obviously a lot of the top teams being in Europe and obviously overseas, like we don't have a pro league here, what kind of goes into your consideration? Like, are you relying a lot on former athletes? Or obviously, Benjo has sent a lot of athletes to play pro ball. Like, what advice would you give to a club kid who might be saying, you know what, I want to play club, club, professional club volleyball, but I'm not really sure what that is. I, I have favorite clubs that I watch on YouTube or the internet, but I don't really know the behind the scenes. Like, how do you kind of find out that information to make sure it's going to be a fit for you? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is just to ask questions. And, like, people who've done it before and have knowledge of it are usually pretty open to talk about it, especially guys on the national team. So, yeah, I just ask a lot of questions. I'm like, oh, so what is this league like? Do you think, like, this league would be more fit for this style of player? How many internationals can they have? Um, what are the contracts like? What's it like life like in general? Is it a safe place? Um, I think there's just a lot of questions that are cool to ask, and if someone is open to talk about it, it's it's pretty fun and exciting to look into. So, for any kid who has dreams of playing pro, I think I just think they should. If they want to play pro, they gotta just keep getting in there 20 miles every day. So. And hopefully they can uh, get good enough to be there one day. And with this day and age, with video and um, everything and connections, I think if you're good enough, you're going to get your name out there. Um, and, yeah, you're going to be fine. Very cool. Thank you. Now, you've hinted at this a couple times. That it wouldn't be a Passing Dimes episode if we didn't find a way to talk about beach. Um, do you think that's where you developed a lot as a youth athlete is playing the beach game? Like, would you recommend kids everywhere try to find a way to kind of play, whether it be for fun or competitive with their friends, just find a way to get out there and play some twos? Yeah, uh, I love beach. I I actually played beach before I ever played indoor. So I think that was super, uh, super huge for my game. And I think it like still translates to how I kind of play now. Like I, 
trying to make a lot of shots and different different dumps and wipes and stuff. So I think it's super huge for um, anyone to be able to go back and forth, and I think it will translate into their indoor game, especially as an outside player and receiver and with any ball control. But, um, yeah, I actually remember my I went to Beach Nationals and I was, like, 12, and it was at Asbridge's Bay, and we played, like, Jordan Pereira, Craig Ireland was there, and Andrew Koss, Shawan's buddy. There's so many guys there. And it's pretty funny, like looking back at some like beach nationals in 2010 or whatever. But yeah, that's a yeah. pretty stacked division. You're right. When we start to look back at it, that's that's funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really funny. I'm I'm forgetting some names, and I apologize if I forgot some names. But um, oh yeah, Zach Albert was there, and Ethan from Laval. Uh, Allison. But, yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was. It was funny. Um, but that's crazy. It was a long time ago. So, I think, yeah. would you ever consider coming back to the beach? Obviously, you're going to have your first choice to kind of play indoor and play with our senior A team for a long time, but is that something you would look to do eventually? Yeah, it's always been a dream of mine. Um, I'd love to like try to play on the tour, AVP or something even like that, but uh, yeah, who knows? Like, I would for sure keep that door open. Um, and maybe one one day when my knees aren't as good anymore and switch to the sand, get a little more cushion, but who knows? But I'd for sure keep it up. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. I can't thank you enough for taking the time, especially for somebody who gets limited off time and I'm sure wants to spend a lot of it with their family. So thanks for taking the time. Before we get you out of here, though, uh, it's kind of become a passing dimes tradition where we've asked anybody who's kind of competed internationally if there's just been – uh, a funny story from the road or something odd that happened where you're like, man, I'm playing at the highest level of my sport and I can't believe that silly stuff keeps happening every once in a while. So do you have any uh, road trip stories you could share with us? Um, yeah. Oh, man. I think, I think just, uh, okay, well, on the last weekend of VNL, we were in Brazil and me and Adam Schreimer, um, I don't know, we were just in like a goofy mood, I felt like the whole trip, and we ended up just pranking Lucas Van Berkel, and Dan JVD, and Jason DeRocco, and Nick Hogue, like a bunch, like, it was just so fun, we were, we would take, we went we went to the lobby, and we said like, hey, I'm Lucas, I lost my room key, can I like get a room key, and while they were eating, we went to his room, and like, moved a shampoo in the fridge and switched all his insoles and like put crumbs in his bed and yeah it was pretty fun we were, it's just fun having chill time on the road to goof around um i'd say that was like one of my funnest trips of the summer it was the it was the last weekend in vnl and kind of pranking some of the older guys but now, do they know you did this or hearing this episode is what's going to kind of get you and adam into a little bit of trouble here Oh, no, they, they know that we were uh, stirring the pot. Like, Lucas stole my phone for a while, um, but I pretended that I didn't know it was lost, so then he gave it back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, they, yeah, they know what was going on.
Awesome. I love it. I love a good story from the road. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, we've taken a lot of your time. I'm glad you could take the time to meet with us and kind of share everything you did. It's it's nice to see your journey because everybody sees how skilled you are. It's kind of nice to see what what went into that and how you're still improving. So thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Everybody will have to get out to the Can-Am showcase, which is December 28th to 31st here in Toronto. And then lucky Ontarians, you're going to be sticking around to play Brock and McMaster. And then obviously you got a big second semester coming up with Trinity. So busy year ahead and just thanks for taking the time. We'll have to have you back on soon. Yeah, man, of course. Really appreciate it. Love to be back soon.